the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Car Ha. Good morning, Car. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about the future of the West Kowloon Cultural District. The authority managing the Arts Hub is due to run out of funds from its original £21.6 billion government grant by March 2025, and it says it won't request any more public money. Instead, it's asking the administration to approve a new self-financing plan, which is believed to include revenue from selling flats at the site. The proposals are also thought to include uh, hotels and retail space. So what should happen now, and is the is uh, development an inevitable outcome? We'd like to know what you think. You can leave a message here on our Facebook page, uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 Joining us uh, now on the line, we have uh, Rita Lee, Associate Professor and Director of the Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre. That's at the Department of Economics and Finance at Hong Kong Shuyan University. Uh, also with us is uh, Nicholas Brook, uh, Chairman of uh, Professional Property Services uh, Limited, and joining us as well is uh, Legislator Andrew Lamb. Uh, good morning to you all. Perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, Andrew Lamb, we, uh, we could start with you. Hello, good morning. Morning, yes. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, on the line. So um, I understand that you, you believe the idea of uh, using part of the site for development and then, and then selling uh, properties, selling flats, uh, could be an acceptable uh, interim solution. Can you just sort of uh, you know, explain to us where you stand on this? Well, I think there are limited uh, choice uh, available uh, for kind of sustaining, particularly the short-term operation of the West Kowloon Cultural District. And by selling uh, the, in particular, the uh, residential portion uh, to the market, uh, will relatively uh, kind of enhance the attractiveness uh, of the portfolio. And uh, you know, versus other short-term measures, this is, uh, I, I believe, the most viable option. Uh, available uh, in the short run. Uh, how attractive do you think it would be to developers, though, given that the, you know the property market's not not in great shape at the moment? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But you know, uh, just looking at what's uh, kind of instrument available to the West Kowloon Cultural District, uh, unless the government is going to put in an order, you know, humongous sum of. Uh, uh, investment onto the uh, district. Uh, if not, what's available to them is just the uh, real estate portfolio. Uh, the regional intention is to allow the authority to kind of share the profit through uh, BOT operation uh, mm. with developers. Now, that will not be promising at all because in particular, when you look at the portfolio itself, a majority proportion will be uh, commercial properties, including you know office and hotels. Now, relatively speaking, that's actually much less attractive, uh, attractive to the development sector in my uh, point of view. So I think the residential portion uh, is something that is relatively attractive and I think uh, when it's sitting in the commercial podium, the authority could retain the right uh, of the commercial podium uh, for sustaining its, its long-term operation uh, in the future. And, and just about 20% of the site is reserved for a residential development. Do you think that could be uh, increased? 
that there's always a possibility. I mean, look at the uh, overall uh, kind of parameters, control parameters. Uh, it's been raised uh, from 1.81 to 2.8 uh, in the past, and uh, you know, in terms of development density, is actually relatively low in, by Hong Kong standard. Uh, so uh, there is potential to raise it uh, in all uh, in terms of proportion of residential or the overall capacity of the area. Of course, it, it all depends on you know the carrying capacity in terms of infrastructure of the area and, uh, as a whole. But it will take time. You know, if, if uh, the authority is going to change the parameters, because it has to go through a lot of procedures. Okay, uh, Nicholas Brook, you're chairman of Professional Property Services. Uh, uh, what, what's your view? Where, where do you stand on this? Well, morning to you. Um, morning. Well, I've been involved with West Kowloon over the years, uh, so I'm familiar with the background and context, yes. if you like, if not the details of the present application. Um, first thing I need to say is, you know, I think um, this is coming through loud and clear. It's important, I think, to retain and preserve the integrity of this cultural district going forward the work-live-play model, if I may describe it, mm. and not to jeopardise its cultural identity and prejudice visitor experience. That's all fine, but, as, as we've just heard, the challenges of the business, the business model or the funding model, if you like, um, I mean, it's always been anticipated that property revenue from hotels, offices and residential would make a major contribution to the funding of the uh, authority going forward. So, in that sense, we're not looking at any fundamental change. Um, but uh, we have a challenge with the model that they've adopted hitherto, what we call build, operate and transfer, mm -hmm. um, where the developer is asked to bid and share the revenue, um, uh, share the rental with the, uh, with the authority. And quite frankly, that's not a model that is, uh, developers in Hong Kong are very comfortable with. Um, it's accepted elsewhere um, in other jurisdictions and people bid on that basis, but there seems to be a an antithesis, if you like, towards it in Hong Kong. Um, and as you know, the authority have had one abortive attempt uh, to to find bids on a rental sharing basis, and, uh, and more recently only had one bidder for uh, uh, one of their projects. So it's it's not found favour, if you like, with the, uh, the potential partners. So what they're having to do, and this is where I see they're applying to government, is they're having to look at a, a model which would be more acceptable to, to potential partners. And that, I think, it does involve allowing them to sell the uh, the units that they build um, on the on the on the site in, in the residential zones. Um, this is, you know, developers are used to paying a premium up front and being allowed to get on to the things and sell when the, when the market's right and sell at the prices which they think are right. So um, I don't think they're asking for anything particularly extraordinary. I mean, I think the the fundamental issue will be one of control. Um, but if they adopt what we describe as here as the, uh, I think, in Hong Kong as the MTR model, you know, MTR is very successful in on-selling development rights and controlling what happens, um, <clears throat> then I think if they adopt that model, then um, it, it, it potentially should be successful, uh, could be successful. I think there are opportunities to take a cash up front payment and then to share revenue, some of the sales revenues. I think there are opportunities to... Um, uh, retain ownership and control of the lower levels, the avenue, I think, as they describe it. So, um, it, you know, in terms of ongoing authority involvement, I think that can be safeguarded and protected. So I, I think the ask is not unreasonable. Um, it is, of course, and people have pointed this out, uh, subject to market, and uh, timing will be crucial. If they're allowed to sell the rights, then 
picking the right window in the market, if you like, will be, will be crucial. Um, best will in the world, looking at 2025, I think, for any um, kickoff, any, any start to what they're proposing to do, by which time you know, interest rates should have become more benign, um, and, and one would anticipate a more receptive property market. So, um, I, 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 personally, I'm not too worried about timing at this stage, because timing is probably two, even three years away. Mm. Oh, okay. I mean, as you mentioned, we, we don't know the details of the plan that the authority has uh, submitted, but if uh, some of those uh, elements were adopted, which you, you just talked about, you think, you think the project uh, could be self-sustainable and wouldn't need any more uh, direct government support? Well, whether it be self-sustainable, I haven't seen all the, I'm not mm. familiar with all the numbers, but obviously there will be a major capital contribution um, from the developers bidding for the sites. And my understanding is that the authority in the past has worked with HKMA in investing its funds. So if those funds are invested prudently, um, using expert advice, again, that should make a major contribution to the ongoing running of the uh, authority. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, uh, Rita Lee, let's bring you Rita Lee from uh, Hong Kong Xuyan University. Good morning. Morning. Thanks very much uh, for joining us. Uh, uh, so, um, self-sustainability, uh, is, is, could that be potentially be achieved, do you think? Well, uh, actually, I think uh, in itself that uh, there are a number of means for which that it can sustain the project, and then I actually don't think that uh, it is not sustainable. What, what we said is, is now like running out of, out of the cash, uh, because actually the uh, the land in itself that the authority was granted the development rights for the hotels, offices, and housing spanning 366,620 square meters of the gross floor areas. So um, uh, this sort of uh, because in Hong Kong is quite special in terms of like running museum. Uh, if we talk about like running the cultural uh, developments, uh, we actually have got another source for which it is available. And then uh, looking in the other uh, in other places, for example, if we try to look at uh, the other places like. Um, uh, if you try to look at the three examples from overseas, uh, they, they actually do not rely on real estate uh, and they can also sustain. So uh, one of the examples is the Lincoln Center of the uh, Performance of Arts in New York. And then uh, that one that they try to collabor collaborate with some of the government entities and then private donors to support uh, its operations and also development. And then they have uh, tried to use the Cultural Innovation Fund, which is the first of its county program. They try to seek to make the arts available to all and focusing on some of those who live in the New York Sapura's uh, uh, neighborhoods. So they try to offer some of the one-time grants loans to non-profit organizations to provide the cultural activities. So actually, this is something for which that uh, uh, the West Carolina now that they can also do it uh, in a much more uh, 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 aggressive way. And then another example is the National Museum of Singapore. So National Museum of Singapore, that they try to collaborate with some of the corporations, foundations, individuals through a sponsorship program, fundraising, and also events donation. So they have enabled the museum to develop some of the innovative exhibitions, uh, educational programs, and also community outreach initiatives. So in fact, if you know, at, like for example, the, uh, some of the universities in Hong Kong, one of them, they have actually rent the place in the West Column District to offer some of the program that is related to culture. And then actually, 
play a lot of the uh, uh, programs in Hong Kong uh, whenever they have got like uh, uh, Chinese or like uh, Chinese local culture, for example. Uh, this some of the courses that some of them they have they can actually have got collaboration opportunities with the uh, the West Kowloon district as well. So they can yeah, boost the number of visitors to the West Kowloon district and then eventually uh, you can sustain the project in itself. And then if you look at the website of the National Museum of Singapore, you may find that there are a lot of the uh, companies that they provide some of the uh, uh, some of the comments, uh, like for example, Pan- uh, Panasonic, that uh, the head of the Panasonic Group, that they said that it has been uh, a strong partner uh, for uh, for the National Museum of Singapore, uh, being a both a customer and also a collaborator, and so as the um, Managing director of the broadcast professional limited, so you can see they try to collaborate with like some of the broadcasting company as well. So they try to treat that uh, uh, the company's donation as a as a national service. So this kind of the concept can be tried to implant to Hong Kong as well, because uh, after all, Hong Kong and Singapore are quite similar in the sense that we don't have much natural resources, but we have got like. Uh, a lot of like wealthy companies that may be possible to to do it. Another for example is from the uh, Guggenheim example, uh, Guggenheim uh, Museum in Spain. So this is an example of the cultural hub that they try to revitalize through the public-private uh, partnership as well, where the uh, the uh, Basque government and also the Solomon uh, Guggenheim Foundation has tried to collaborate to, expla- to establish the museum. And then with the government providing and funding for the construction, and then Guggenheim, uh, Guggenheim uh, Foundation tried to contribute its expertise in uh, expertise and also the art collection. Because after all, if we go to like whatsoever cultural district, we try to look at something for which it is like, uh, uh, something that is like um, what we want to see. Like for example, uh, I usually go to museum overseas when I visit like places like New Zealand or Australia, for example. So I try to see whether or not that there are some of kind of exhibitions that I really want to see, like the art exhibitions, because I love uh, watching, I love uh, seeing those uh, pictures and also those like art stuff. And then uh, if there are something for which is attractive, then of course I would go as well, right? So uh, the museum success actually in itself, they, they can also simula- uh, stimulate the economic growth and also the cultural tourism in the region. Because after all, when we uh, go to a place, we uh, say, for instance, now that we can find that there is like less uh, tourists go to Causeway Bay now. The main reason is that, well, you can see that the mainland tourists, they have already changed from like buying, shopping, whatsoever. But then they have changed it to like cultural visits, like visit like West Kowloon, some of them. They do visit there. And then uh, we, we can see that actually uh, for tourists, we, have, we can attract like many different types of the tour, uh, tourism. And where if we can uh, sustain the West Kowloon side, then of course they can also help us to sustain the whole uh, cultural tourism uh, in Hong Kong as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, these examples actually demonstrate uh, the significance of like public-private partnership in sustaining a cultural hubs. So if we try to combine a government support, uh, private donations, corporate sponsorship, and then these institutions uh, should be able to secure very good financial sources uh, and then expanding the program and also ensure long-term uh, favorability because we need to have got people there, not just about like money. Uh, if the people is there, then we will have got some uh, financial support uh, effect. Hmm. Okay, thank you for the example. But uh, I just have one concern about if um, the plan is started to selling to sell the flat at the site, including hotels and retail space, like um, f- trying to develop the urbanization. So would it be like a good example of to f- to the government that like developing the economic d- is like better than 
uh, keeping the art and cultural development in that area? Well, actually, I think we have to strike a balance between like properties and also the commercial uh, facilities and so as the cultural elements there. Mm. Because uh, if we try to sell it, everything as like uh, just like residential towers, everything is just like commercial towers, then it will be another residential and commercial area district, and it cannot yeah. stand out from other places. So what we have to do is that, like for example, if you go to uh, some places like uh, uh, Australia and also uh, some places, if you even if you go to Causeway Bay, for you may see that there is like there there are a couple of buildings that they have got very strange paintings over there, and then these are things that can attract the eyeballs of the individuals. Mm. So we can actually invite some of the artists to like do some paintings on the walls of the uh, of the residential towers as well. Of course, that that should be like uh, compatible with the areas that is like full of the cultural uh, mm. uh, characteristics, and then it doesn't look odd uh, as compared to the other uh, uh, architectural uh, buildings. So we can also invite some of the uh, architectural design companies to make some very good design over there so that it would be uh, make it as another landmark. So it's not just like commercial and also residential, but it is also a kind of the exhibitions and also arts that we can see in many different places uh, when, when we are tourists. When we find that, well, if you go to like Switzerland, if you go to Australia, and then uh, uh, those like for some places like France, for example, there are a lot of like very a very very good painting over there. So um, that sort of things then can make the uh, the whole district where we really look like where we have got a lot of like different kind of exhibitions. And even the residential and commercial towers, they are actually the kind of exhibitions as well. Okay, uh, um, Andrew Lamb, uh, given that uh, uh, West Kowloon is part of a uh, part of a, a cult, um, sorry a policy direction, if you like. I mean, after all, Hong Kong is supposed to be an East meets West centre for international cultural exchange. Um, Do you think there's an argument for more direct government support, even though the authority says it's not asking for it? Do you think there's an idea, you know, could there be more direct government support, which would then mean that, you know, we didn't have to develop the site for, for residential purposes? Well, uh, first of all, let's go back to square one. I, I think we're not talking about creating new residential or office or hotel uh, elements. Uh, is already part of the master plan. And we're not talking about individual arts uh, cultural value, uh, as, you know, examples quoted overseas. We're talking about overall district. Now, the government has actually invested over uh, $20 billion Hong Kong dollar on it, uh, excluding the integrated basements and other over 20 billion, 40 billion. Now, when we talk about other models, actually, you think about uh, corporate donations, particularly including the, the Palace Museum, which is the construction is entirely sponsored by the Chockey Club. So I, I think the government and the community as a whole have been trying all kinds of, of means. So uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, catching the uh, imminent problem of, you know, cash flow issue for uh, sustaining the operation of the cultural district. Uh, not to mention, you know, how to finance the uh, the completion of the remaining uh, kind of uh, portion. Uh, of the uh, the cultural district, so there are several venues to be built in the future. I'm sure the uh, the government and the cultural district authority has to uh, come into other means, uh, particularly you know private uh, private partnership, uh, you know in you know uh, building those facilities. But uh, we have to kind of step back and look at the reality at the moment. 
uh, we're, we're talking about a serious cash flow issue, and uh, the authority is spending, you know, over uh, one point something billion on operation every year. So by donation or by you know continuous injection of government money, particularly facing the uh, current economic situation, would also be difficult. So uh, I mean uh, I'm not saying selling uh, you know the residential portion is the only option, uh, but you know facing all other options, this is uh, in my view a viable option. Okay. Uh uh, Nicholas Brook, yeah. Um, what other options do you think the uh, authority might have? Well, potentially over the long term, um, one could look at uh, density. Um, I mean, M plus is only 100 MPD, 100 meters above sea level. Um, that's the highest building across the whole of that zone. Um, that's you know those those heights were set many years ago. Now uh, the density was set many years ago. Um, not suggesting it should be part of the current phase, um, but over time you could look certainly at the, the, the sites at the rear of, of the uh, of the um, area, if you like, to the north. They, you could look at density there in, in the longer term if you if you were looking to increase revenues. Um, but just back to what was being said earlier, I mean, nothing's changed in terms of the overall plan. Um, the mix of uses is the same. Um, the density is the same. All that is being suggested is the mode of sale for the residential be changed, or the mode of dealing with the residential be moved from a rental sharing model to a sale model. So in terms of the uh, overall concept, if you like, in terms of what is trying, people are trying to achieve, the thought is trying to achieve, uh, the uh, components, if you like, are intact. Um, and it's this, this one single element where it's being suggested that a possible potential solution would, would be to to sell rather than rent. Um, so I think you need to look at it in that context. It's not major change. It's just dealing with one component and a possible change in the, the way that component is to be dealt with. Uh, a sale, of course, I mean, that, that would be one-off income, whereas, uh, whereas rental would uh, presumably be uh, a, a steady income over you know, an extended period of time. Um, would the, that's, uh, but that's, been, that's been tried, you see. This has been tried several times now. And the, the reality is the market here doesn't want to get into bed, if I can put it that way, with the authority for seven years um, and have to share rent and have yearly debates on uh, what, how the building is going to be rented, who it should be rented to, etc. Um, the developers, I think, in this town wish to have, if they, particularly when they pay the money up front, if you write the premium up front, they wish to have discretion on the future. Um, and a shared model is potentially fraught with challenges, if you like. Um, personalities change, um, uh, rules and regulations change, etc. Um, sharing is not the ideal, I think, for this particular situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I, and also, um, what, what, what we have there now is a lot of open space. I mean, it's a great sort of public facility. I mean, apart from the, you know, the Palace Museum and uh, M Plus, I mean, but, you know, people can go and walk, walk their dogs and uh, enjoy the open air and what have you. But um, in, in terms of development and density, you, you, you mentioned the, the, the northern part of the site. Would that be sort of uh, behind the Palace Museum, if you like? That do you think could behind, be best yes, behind all yeah. the facilities which are enjoy, uh, enjoy the waterfront location? if you like. So, so that what I described, if you like, is towards the back of the site. Potential to cluster some of the buildings. The, the plan at the moment involves a, 
a, a significant element, if you like, of individual boat buildings, quite small buildings. Potentially you could cluster those, and in so doing you may be able to add some height as well, a reasonable, a reasonable element of height. Um, so uh, th those things that the authority could look at in the long term. But I mean, taking your point about open space, um, you know, 40% of the site is dedicated to arts and culture uh, mm -hmm. and open space. None of that is going to change. None of the hotel element is changing. None of the um, uh, office element is changing. And the only changes, suggested changes, is moving the, the mode of sale of the residential uh, to, to uh, mode of dealing with the residential mm -hmm. from, sale to rent, from rental to sale. Okay. All right. Well, well. thank you very much uh, for that. And uh, thanks to our three guests uh, for sharing your insights. Uh, we've got to take a short break in a moment for a news summary and a couple of uh, government announcements. So we're going to continue on the topic uh, uh, with uh, two uh, other guests um, after the break. Thanks very much uh, to Nicholas Brook, who you heard there, Chairman of Professional Property Services. Uh, thanks very much to legislator Andrew Lamb and also Rita Lee, Associate Professor and Director of the Sustainable Real Estate Research Centre at the Department of Economics and Finance at Xuyan University. A quick look at the weather. It's going to be uh, hot today uh, with sunny periods and a few showers. Top temperature around 32 degrees in the urban areas, a uh, few degrees higher in the new territories. Uh, light to moderate south to southwesterly winds. The outlook at hot with a few showers in the next few days. It's currently 30 degrees, humidity 83%. <laughs> New summary with Ben Che. People using the faster payment system will receive alerts from later this year if the account they're sending money to is included on a database of scammers. Police say a growing number of fraud cases are linked to FPS, which allows people to transfer money using a recipient's phone number or email address. Police have arrested a 66-year-old fisherman on suspicion of manslaughter after a dispute over angling at North Point turned deadly yesterday. Police initially classified the, the case as wounding before reclassifying it as manslaughter. And a man has died following a traffic accident near Thailand Tunnel this morning. Two private cars collided before entering the tunnel towards Kowloon around 6.30 a.m. Both drivers got out of their vehicles to assess the situation and one was hit by a truck sustaining severe injuries. I'll have more news for you at 10. The chief executive will announce his second policy address this October. The government is conducting a public consultation. Please share your views on various policy areas. I would like to have your views. We will do our utmost for people's livelihood and the economy. And together, let's make Hong Kong a better home. For details, please visit www.policyaddress.gov.hk. Tropical cyclones may lead to storm surges. Sea levels are drawn upwards by the storm's low pressure. The strong winds blow landward also push seawater towards the shore. If it happens at high tide, the sea level rise will be even greater, resulting in inundation and damage to coastal and low-lying areas. The public should take timely precautions and follow the government's advice and evacuation measures. Stay tuned to the latest warning messages by the observatory. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233 and have your say. 
And welcome back to Back Chat with Kaha and me, Jim Gould. And this morning uh, we're talking about the future of the West Kowloon uh, Cultural District and uh, funding uh, models uh, for it. Um, yeah, in addition to leaving a message on our Facebook page, which we do have a, a few already this morning, uh, you can feel free to email us. We're at backchat at rthk.hk. That's backchat at rthk.hk. Or you can uh, call us, as you just heard, 233-88-266 is the number. Um, we're joined now on the line by John Batten, art critic and president of the International Association of Art Critics uh, at Hong Kong, and also Alan Lung, co-convener of the Path of Democracy, who's been uh, following the development of the West Kowloon Cultural District uh, for many years. Um, good morning to you both. Um, Morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, um, Alan Lung, perhaps uh, we can come to you first. Uh, I, I know you're going to be with us uh, until about uh, 9.45, so thanks for joining us. Um, what do you think about uh, uh, what we're now hearing about the uh, you know, latest proposal? We don't know the details of the proposals, but, uh, but the, the authority is saying it doesn't want any more public money after it runs out uh, in March 2025. And it's uh, apparently suggesting... Um, uh, selling uh, properties that can be built uh, on the site? What do, what do you think? Me? Yes. Uh, Alan Long, okay. So, um, so, 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 <laughs> well, that, one, that, that, that one was actually for, for John first. Oh, for John, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll ask, yeah. ask John first, and then we'll come to you, yeah. uh, Alan Long. Yeah. yeah. John Batten? Uh, well, we've just heard um, Nicholas Brook give a very good explanation of the sort of future direction that the that this district could take. Um, you know, from my from my my understanding, you know, this this seems to be a, a cash flow issue. And um, an another model that we have is the the Urban Renewal Authority, the URA, and and they um, have a very similar sort of um, uh, pricing structure. They they need to on uh, they need to develop uh, properties uh, in conjunction with 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 developers and um, they're not receiving any money up front during that period of development and and they they have a cash flow issue so the government um, has supported them by issuing uh, bonds and and that could be a, a, another way that uh, West Carloon could uh, uh, could um, uh -huh. uh, overcome this cash flow issue uh -huh. um, Nicholas also talked about density and, and height restrictions, and, and these could be uh, considered. And, uh, you know, I, one of the ironies of all this um, is that, that when we all started talking about West Kowloon, yeah, and I think it's nearly, nearly 20 years ago now, and um, uh, we, um, we talked about funding models, and the original funding model, of course, was, was that a developer would take over the site. And, and develop it as a, as a cultural district. Um, and so we've come sort of full swing that, that the developers, because they're the ones who, who really do control uh, land in Hong Kong. They've now come in and, and uh, we need to come up with ideas to duplicate them and to make them interested in, in the development on, on West Kowloon. I, I think there's a little bit of something that's unfortunate is that I think um, two aspects is, is one is that the the the, 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 the district 
has been grossly de delayed by seven years because of the um, fast rail uh, infrastructure that needed to be built under West Kowloon, and that delayed the actual cultural district's development. And if, if they'd been able to uh, begin their own development of, of, of payable property in the commercial zones, uh, we wouldn't have this cash flow problem that the the district would have been building its own commercial buildings and then receiving the income. But we've, we've gone around it the, the wrong way. We've built M+, we're building the Lyric Theatre, which are not really paying uh, any, any proceeds at the moment, and um, whereas we should have really built the commercial parts of the, the site first and got started to get cash flow, and then uh, the, the non-performing areas uh, would, have, would have benefited and the other area that I think is a little bit unfortunate is um, the, you know, the, the goodwill that's needed uh, from the community for a development like this. And uh, the M Plus is open, the Palace Museum is open, and um, we only had one year for M Plus to have uh, uh, entry-free status. And uh, this is very important to to get the community to get people who live in Hong Kong to support this and uh, to support the to support M plus but now that it costs hundred and forty dollars to to enter uh, M plus and from my observations it, it seems to be heavily mainlanders tourists and tourists who are entering M plus at the moment the the people who would have come to M plus have had their one year free entry they've come and they haven't returned so I think there, there are a couple of other issues, um, but, but Nicholas is actually sort of right. You know, not fundamentally, nothing's, nothing much has, has changed. It, it's more of a, uh, how do we get over this cash flow crisis? And, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Carl wants to jump in, but uh, just before that, um, 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 notice here from the transport department, uh, owing to a traffic accident, uh, the one-tube, two-way traffic arrangement is still being implemented in a Thailand tunnel. Uh, traffic queues on Thailand tunnel Kowloon bound ends at uh, Yun Long Highway and Ching Long Highway near Outau roundabout uh, traffic in the area is congested. Motorists are advised to drive with care and patience and check radio and TV announcements. Okay, so um, hi John. So uh, I am listening for your cash flow and thank you for your opinion and quoting uh, Nicola's uh, opinions as well. But I am also thinking about uh, for the financial sustainability problem. Um, issue. So, do you think like hosting more, for example, concert or exhibition, no matter inside a museum or outdoor at the like spacious public area, can help with the cash flow or like help with the fundraising, fundraising like issue? You know, let, let, let's be very clear. Um, we 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 decided to build West Kowloon. Okay, so it's a, it's, a, it's a complex history, but let's just get to the basics. We wanted an alternative to the Leisure and Cultural Services Department. And uh, this was, was developed, this idea was developed with the support of the government mm. to, to give an alternative, uh, more flexible approach to, to art and performing art uh, development and, and the 
and and the and 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 to help us uh, go forward because it's been acknowledged that LCSD uh, is is quite um, old-fashioned in its approach. Now, one of the, the outcomes of, of the starting of M Plus and, and West Kowloon is that LCSD has upped its game. You know, the museum had its own, the Museum of Art had its own revamp. Uh, the the venues are much more flexible about who uses the the performing arts venues. And actually, we put a lot of money into arts and culture in Hong Kong. Mm. And I. Um, your question, directly ask your question, no. Uh, more concerts, more performing uh, you know, jazz concerts uh, in the open space or, or in, the, in the free space, this, this is not going to raise much money, mm-hmm. um, not at all. Uh, we know that to have, an, to have arts events costs money and every country in the world, every city in the world has this issue. So we, we need to be supportive of the, of the concept and we need to be flexible about how we do this. And the, the funding model for West Kowloon is actually quite good. If you had the commercial buildings and the residential buildings paying rental, you will get income and that should cover the costs of running a cultural district or, a, or cultural venues. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. Think, I, I think that's fairly mm. clear. And... Um, so we need to be very careful that we don't, you know, throw everything out and, and say it's a mess because it's not entirely a mess at the moment. Mm. Uh, one of the unfortunate other parts of the history of, of West Kowloon is, is that the, the so-called Norman Foster Plan that won the, won the international competition. Oh, the one with the big cover. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. The cover was scrapped, oh. but the... the the, the actual master plan for the whole district was won by uh, uh, Norman Foster, and that was a, an integrated plan to have the, the central part of, the, of the, the district was to be a park. And if you go back to the, the original uh, plans for that and the, the drawings for that and the You'll, you'll see that what we've got is much different. And what's happened was, you know, the cash flow problems were recognised years ago when they cancelled a $1 billion uh, contract with, with the landscape designer. Um, and that was at six or seven years ago. So, the, the, you know, the, the, we know that uh, the district will have cash flow problems. And so now it sounds a bit desperate um, and... I'm not privy, you're not privy to what has been proposed, but I think Nicholas is probably right. Mm-hmm. It will come to getting some instant money by trying to, to sell flats. And, and those flats, I think, probably will be sold to a developer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. It won't. Yeah, okay. that would be my impression. Sure. Well, let, well let, let's hear from Alan Lung. Let's ask uh, Alan Lung, uh, what do you think uh, might be the solutions to uh, future funding for the district? Well, it sounds like a simply a cash flow problem. Mm-hmm. 1.5 billion or 1.2 or something billion operating costs is, well, no big deal, really, for, for an economy like Hong Kong. So why let this short-term cash flow problem sort of derail the whole concept, which was, uh, according to uh, John Batten, was very good at the beginning? I think it's it's not just a cash flow problem. It's a it's a 
uh, I think the most sensible person who talked about this was uh, uh, Rita Lee, who talks about uh, experience of, of uh, other countries. And she mentioned that uh, one university, which happened to be Lingnan University, rented two floors from M+. That is a sh- sort of short way to generate some income, some substantial income. But I don't think, uh, I mean, this this is not just a, a West Kowloon problem. This is really a Hong Kong problem. And only Hong Kong at the very top can sort of mediate and, and figure this out. What, what, what are, well, what, what are the solutions? Do you think? Well, I think John Batten mentioned bond. Why, why that? Why can't that be considered? Mm. Bond, issuing bonds. Uh, mm. Yeah, issuing bonds. And uh, Hong Kong just happened. The uh, Hong Kong financial market. Uh, I mean, the whole financial market as a whole. The big weakness or big hole is there's no bond market, and government is trying to uh, sort of correct that through issuing this. Uh, uh, silver bond, uh, high interest rate. Mm. But I think I think uh, Hong Kong, there is enough Hong Kong people who is willing to support uh, the uh, the cultural hub by buying some low interest bond if, the, if there's sort of a guarantee from the government. Why that option is 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 uh, is, is has been ruled out, and and only the only option left that uh, all all of them all the. Uh, uh, speaker has always been pushing is is selling property. I mean, if you look at the uh, link link uh, real estate, uh, uh, you know, selling all all the wet markets and so on, you, there's no turning back. Once the property is sold, uh, uh, the government loses a a policy option. And what do we do now? Build back all the uh, the wet market? It will take a long time. So selling. It's not, you know, it's not really, from a total point of view, it's not not appealing to me at, at all. But you also have to look at not just a business model. A business model is what do we want this 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 West Kowloon cultural hub for? I mean, it must be you. It must be looked at from the point of view of user experience. People come to Hong Kong not just for shopping. They is actually working out a very attractive model. Except John Batten pointed out that you know uh, it's been reversed. We, we you know we we, we built all the building costs is, is very very high, and I don't think the authority can be expected to to uh, to shoulder the building costs. It must be got some sort of government funding in in building in building costs. Okay. But if you issue issue bond, you can quickly you know build up to three hotels in there, and part of it can be a sort of long term rental without changing the whole whole plan. You know. One super 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 luxury hotel, one cheap one along the uh, back on or back of the uh, some building or something, and then uh, 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 you know you can fit in three hotels easily. Okay. 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 So, uh, yeah. Sorry to uh, interrupt. We're kind of juggling with the time a little bit because because uh, John Batten's got to go shortly. Uh, Alan Lung, I know. Uh, thanks. You can stay with us until the end of the program. But uh, uh, John Batten, yeah. Did did you uh, any, anything you wanted to add? Did you have any other thought? Well, I just wanted to say that you know Rita explained three mm. models, but in essence, that's what we have in in West Kowloon. It is a model where you have a you know like the Barbican is is, is a performing arts centre with with property surrounding it, 
and in, in London. Mm-hmm. So in, 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 in essence, that's what we have. We have this model in, Hong, in the West Kowloon to, to, to have the cultural facilities supported by commercial and residential facilities and hotel facilities. But I, let me just say one thing. Uh, the town, the master plan is governed by the... Um, if you want to change that, you need to go to the town planning board. And I think, I think for some reason, um, it's the same with Dai Gwoon, uh, who was who ever in charge of these facilities doesn't like doing that. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, because there are... With West Kowloon, the hotel site is only one site, and it, it, it's in a, in a horseshoe shape. It's ringing the, the entrance to the West Harbour crossing. It's mm. actually a very tight site, and I don't think it's very attractive to, to developers. But you cannot build a hotel in any other area according to the current master plan. Mm. So, you know, there are some issues, but I, yes, I think I, I agree with Alan, which is what was a suggestion, which is a sort of like a URA so, solution, is to, to come up with bonds or, or um, something like that, which can help the, the short-term cash flow problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Okay, all right. Thanks very much, uh, John Batten there, art critic and president of the International Association of uh, Art Critics, uh, Hong Kong. Um, Alan Lung uh, still with us. Uh, um, Alan Lung, uh, so the other day, uh, Henry Tang, who, uh, the chairman of the uh, West Kowloon Authority, was saying that uh, uh, unless there was a, a solution to the funding problem um, um, by March 2025, uh, so that the Palace Museum and M Plus wouldn't be able to organise any more exhibitions and events. I mean, that, that was a little bit of a sort of a, a troubling, <laughs> troubling prospect, isn't it? It, it, sound, it sounds like a threat yeah. <laughs> to, to uh, sort of uh, push people into uh, selling, selling lands, essentially. Mm. Mm. But, you know, we mentioned bonds. Hong Kong, you know, Hong Kong borrowing is, is I mean, uh, sovereign, sovereign uh, is actually new. We have no, no foreign debt, virtually new. And Hong Kong can afford to raise some bonds to to sort of make the uh, the financial market more complete by starting issuing bonds in whatever dollar U.S. dollar, Hong Kong dollar, whatever. That is that is a policy thing that only Hong Kong ASEAN government can influence. What what are we talking about? Cash flow problem. Hong Kong is loaded with cash, trying to find out, outlets. You can find volunteers who are proud to present a. a uh, the, the West Kowloon Cultural Districts at very, very low cost, nominal fees. To, you know, uh, you go to Japan, there are all, all sorts of people that will lower the, uh, the, the operating costs. And right now, when you go in, you, you only have security cards, no one to, to talk to you. I mean, in all other places, there are volunteers to do that sort of thing. When you walk to, from um, the uh, MTR station, well, walking to uh, M Plus is okay, but Walking to a palace museum is a long walk. Well, without the trees, and it, it gets very, very hot. And transport is not that con- uh, transportation is not that convenient. So all those things need to be solved. I mean, if you go to the go to the uh, the, uh, the, the the British Museum in London, there are foods and beverage in there, expensive ones, cheap ones. It's nothing until you walk out, you know, of, of, of the area. Why why don't we we you know, simply in the short term, 
increase a lot more uh, F&B thing. I mean, maybe you don't want it to get messy inside a museum, but outside you can certainly do that and, and increase the uh, user experience and, and uh, make, make it a really good experience. And just one final thing before I, uh, you know, you, uh, the, the, we run out of time. Betty Fong, you know, the chief executive, yeah. actually was, she was, she was running Cyberport when she was actually quite junior in the government. She was D3, director grade three, mm-hmm. when she was running it. And she had trouble to, uh, uh, sort of making ends meet. So same situation, cash flow, where you have to close down and so on. And the solution, not offered by him, but by the former uh, innovation and technology uh, minister, uh, Nick Young, he borrowed, I think, I think he borrowed money. I think it's either a very low interest or interest-free loan from a PCCW. And then we started, open up the whole complex. And then that problem solved, people start coming in. You need an economy of scale and, uh, you know, uh, uh, some sort of activities to make these, this is, you know, you, what you're seeing is, is a half-built Western cultural district. She should take up that experience and just raise some bonds and build quickly, and, and particularly the commercial building. And don't talk about cash flow problem. Hong Kong is loaded with cash. Mm. Um, I agree. Um, but speaking of the the bond, bond issue, I think it may be one of the possible ideas to help with the cash flow problem, uh, especially in Hong Kong, because it is news, as you said. But, I mean, I know in Hong Kong market, like it is not going so well this year. And also in, for example, in 2022, the government have list a green bond um, on the market, but it is not performing so well. And then now the price is just like um, in between the lower place, the ESG green bond. No, I'm what, just what, giving an example for the bond. What, what, what are you talking about? There's really no bond market in, in Hong Kong. The demand is there. Is We're just not doing it. And it's a big hole in the financial market that Hong Kong has no, no bond market. It makes a financial market incomplete. Look at the silver bond. You know, people are snapping it out like crazy. You just need some marketing gimmick, ESG. Or, or that, that's just a bad, bad uh, failure. And make it tradable. Tradable on the stock exchange, so it's therefore low, lower the uh, the transaction cost. That will make it attractive, and people will buy. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Any other sort of uh, ideas that you think the authority could be considering as a sort of short-term, medium-term, or long-term solutions? I think we need to look at the, the long term and money. It's the least of Hong Kong problems. Don't talk to us about, oh, there's, there's no money, therefore we have to sell land. That's, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Look at the linking, link uh, property thing. You know, this Hong Kong SR government is stuck because of the so-called financial shortage in 2008. And there's no financial... There's, Hong Kong is still... still Hong Kong SR government still has a lot of money. But we're not talking about getting more government grants. We're talking about build, finishing the project quickly and make it a more attractive place and make Hong Kong more just more more than a shopping center. Make it a, you know a cultural 
uh, this ca- this can be only be coordinated by high level government policy. You know, how coming in Hong Kong is, is Hong Kong will lose its shopping center attractiveness, attractiveness very very quickly when Hainan open up its tax tax free. Uh, 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 status and people can shop shop for a lot of luxury goods online. Well, yeah, I mean, as, as, as we mentioned before, I mean, it is a policy direction. Hong Kong is supposed to be a, an East Wheat meets West uh, centre for international cultural exchange, so, right? So, yeah. so that that concept, as as outlined by. Uh, by John John Batonis there, you know, unfortunately, we lost the master plan. But we can always change the master plan if there's this policy drive. We need more sort of holistic think- thinking, more marketing thinking. Instead of, I mean, you, if you look at, I look into the uh, the uh, financial, uh, the annual report. There's very little transparency in that annual report. I mean, the uh, the uh, the financial statement statement is less than one, it's only half a page long. And I think the uh, asset is truly, truly underdeclared. The piece of land is much, much worth much more than what is declared, declared in there. And uh, they can need, need more you know, creative thinking. You know, it's uh, driven by Betty Fong, the chief, chief executive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. Creative thinking uh, always to be encouraged. But uh, what what <laughs> what sort of no, directions of creative thinking not, do you, not do you just, have in mind? Not, no, at the moment, it seems to at the moment it seems to be delivering a partial experience of a sort of uh, uh, museum cultural experience already because the park is in- incomplete. Right. And now they're stuck with, uh, because they, they had to build the Palace Museum quickly, yeah. which is a policy from above, mm. it sort of suck all the, all the cash out. Mm. So they, to overcome that, it's easy. Just issue some bond, borrow some, borrow some money, and which is, if, it's, if there's government guarantee, which... I mean the the press. Uh, I mean the uh, the authority led by uh, uh, Henry Tang seems to rule that out. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're confident that once all the facilities there are, are, are finished and complete and everything, the the place, the the, the venue will become more attractive. Yeah? Yes. Look at mm. the uh, us us before. Look at the Cyberport. Yeah. And and if you talk about selling lands, look at the link property thing. Uh, government quickly lose a policy option which mm. cannot be turned back well, the, because the, yeah yeah sorry yeah go on yeah because government has to honor the property sales agreement yeah i mean on the on the fringe why not build a hotel on the fridge sure, sure. and once and once they're sold they're sold that's it yeah, yeah once yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, 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 thanks very much for uh, sticking with us, uh, Alan Leung there, uh, co-convener international for Park Path of Democracy, who's been uh, uh, following the development of the West Kowloon Cultural District um, uh, very closely over the years. Um, thanks to our listeners. Uh, thanks to our guest presenter, Kaha. Thank you. Uh, our producer, Raphael. Um, so stay with us because uh, coming up we have the news summary uh, followed by The Brew with Noreen. I'm in the brunch. 